We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. One of the best pieces of feedback that I've gotten during the pandemic with the masterminds that I run is that principals are enjoying talking about instruction and not just talking about COVID rules and regulations. It's one of the great things that we get to do in the mastermind is focus on the things that really matter. And sometimes we try to focus on other things, on the distractions that take us away from our vision, but we're always able to come back because our whole goal is to help us get our schools to where they need to be. So I would love to have you in there. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, You've probably heard me talk about it before. You probably have questions. Just go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind and let's set up a time to to talk about it. That's jethrojones.com slash mastermind and then click on schedule a call. I look forward to talking with you. Again, that's jethrojones.com slash mastermind. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Rashard Kerman on the program today. He is a graduate of Elizabeth City State University and holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in English with a minor in speech pathology, a Master of Arts degree in teaching from East Carolina University, and a Master in School Administration from NC State University. Rashard is a former language arts teacher. He has served as an assistant principal instructional coach and has worked at all three levels, elementary, middle, and high school currently resides in Winterville, North Carolina, and is a principal for Lenore County Public Schools. Richard, welcome to Transformative Principal. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jethro. Thank you so much for having me. 
Uh, looking forward to our time and our conversation today. Yeah, me too. This is going to be great. And yeah. I want to start out your principal of an elementary school. Yeah. And we just did the math before we started. And you've, you're the sixth principal in 12 years. And that comes with some, some baggage to be sure. And you're planning on staying there for a while still. What do you see as the major challenges when you come in with such high turnover in the principal position? Okay. So I was fortunate to um, have this opportunity to serve as a principal here in Lenore County, um, was recruited here to this area. I'm from Eastern North Carolina. Um, I've worked in a few other districts surrounding this particular district, but I was in a situation where I wanted to be closer to home and this opportunity became available and I felt like it was a right fit for me. I would say coming into a situation, and I came in very late in the summer. And so, Jethro, you know how that can be sometimes. Um, you have your plans ready to go in another spot, and then, you know, you're coming somewhere else. Um, but this was an opportunity where I knew that I would be able to do some meaningful work. I think it's important when you go into a new situation um, to learn as much as you can, um, talk to everybody, not to make a lot of preconceived, you know, have your own little preconceived notions, ideas, and don't assume that nobody knows anything, um, especially if the school is low performing, you kind of can feel like, oh, you're going to be the savior, and you, you can fix everything. But I think it's important to build upon whatever your predecessor had started. I think it's also important to learn some institutional things, you know, what is the history? What are the culture? What are the things that the school is known for? But then also begin to see as the leader coming in, what are those early wins for you? And so you look at all of the different things, all the dynamics, you're talking to staff, you're finding out things from your central office leaders of what they are tasking you to do, but also you're meeting with parents, you're talking with community partners, you're, you're getting a, a full spectrum, but it's also important to take all of that, and it seems to, uh, to be a lot, but you take all of that, and then you start to figure out what is your vision, and then what are those early wins to help you. Like I said, I inherited this school after a principal that the staff loved, the staff loved, the community loved, um, and they were very close as a school, and so that comes with its challenges. That comes with people not really understanding things. I will say I was, I'm the first male principal of this school, um, which is a little bit different. And so I think looking at those early wins, talking to your stakeholder groups, but then also allowing your vision to begin to move. And I think for me, I did not take the the route where you watch for about six months <laughs> to a year, and then you kind of ease in some things. I knew that I had to hit the ground running. I knew that students' lives depended on it. I knew that all kids needed to be at grade level learning as it relates to reading. All kids need to know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide as it relates to mathematics. And so we couldn't wait. And so there was a culture already established. People loved Northeast. They wanted to be here. They had been here for a long time. Um, we had some teachers that 
had gone through Teach for America and they were here and they stayed here. And so I knew that people wanted their school to be a success. And so I had to ride that and then show them, hey, this is the reason why we need to improve. This is what the data sets say and having those conversations and then also getting people to understand like, why do you do this? Why do you do the work that you're doing? And if you're gonna do it, let's be effective. Let's, you know, go, let's be all in. Let's do what we have to do um, to benefit our students. And so that was sort of a lot of the things that I had to do um, with that. That was not easy. When you are talking and sharing and showing data where people think, hey, things are going well. We're great. We're excellent. Um, we have some great initiatives, um, great parent engagement activities. All of those things are great. It's a great school. We love it here. But then when you see at the same rate that their achievement and the academics is not growing in the same way. And so we have to have some conversations. That's tough. Um, you have to put some things in place. And then you, you, you show that we're in this together. So you build this culture of collaboration. And so that is the phrase that I, I, I talked about a lot, building this culture of collaboration. We're learning from each other, implementing uh, professional learning communities, POCs, giving them a framework, and just building upon those things um, and letting the data speak, allowing those who are good in certain areas to shine and to cause all of us to know that we're growing. One of the activities I did um, at the beginning and it's, called, it's an article called Gracious Space. And so we looked at that article and we wanted to create this gracious space for everyone so that we can all feel comfortable learning in public. And so that is one of the major things that you have to do um, when you're trying to talk about move instruction, but also build culture at the same time. We're all trying to continuously improve. We're all trying to become better for the best, become better and be the best for students. And so we have to give ourselves some grace to learn in public and to also fail in public sometimes. Um, and so those were some of the things that I did um, early on. Let's talk about some of those things because you, you said that there was a lot there. And one of the things I really appreciate is, is saying we're not going to wait for this whole grade level of kids, this whole year of kids to go by without making the improvements that need to be made. I mean, that's one of the things that I know people are well-meaning when they say that. And that's a, that's one of those go along to get along kind of things that I think is harmful to our kids. And it sets up a, a culture of low expectations when we do that, that it's okay. It's okay for us to be like this when there's a problem we need to, we need to react. So uh, will you talk a little bit about your vision and how you, how you started to define that vision for yourself while also respecting the, the the groundwork that had been laid previous to you and how you combine those two things together. Okay. So my total focus was achievement, the instructional component. And so the, the statement that I said all the time was urgency is now we have to do this now. And one of the questions I asked our staff and I had asked them in a POC meeting very early on in the year, to bring a picture of a child that they love, that can be their own personal child, a relative's kid, um, a kid that they've taught a few years ago, bring me in, bring in a picture to that PLC group. And I let them talk about that picture. And then they talked about the person in the picture 
and it was pretty emotional for some, um, some, you know, pretty comical, whatever the situation may be. But we've, I flipped the conversation to say, is what you're doing every single day in your classroom, in your, in this school as a whole, is this the school, is this the class that you would want for this particular loved one in that picture? And so that brings it home. You can't hide there. So if you say, hey, I don't know if I want my kid to be in my own classroom, or I don't know if I will want this kid from this picture to be in Mr. or Mrs. so-and-so class, like then that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> we as a school need to talk about that. So how do we make this a collective effort to make those changes? Um, urgency now meaning that there have to be a clear instructional framework. What do we do? When do we turn in lesson plans? When do we meet to discuss lesson plans? When do we meet to review data? Like there had to be a structure for this to happen. It's not gonna just happen. <laughs> and we would want to think, oh, people know how to do this or we can give them a book or notebook to say, hey, go and do this. But it has to be a priority. And one of the things that I had to do was to make sure that I was in classrooms because I really can't know and move our school instructionally if I don't know what's going on. I also can't move our school if I'm not engaged and involved in the POC conversations. Um, and so all of those things have to work hand in hand. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. So let me ask you another question there about that. In the coaching that I do with principals, one question keeps coming up. And it is, when I focus on the culture, my instruction goes down. And when I focus on the instruction, my culture goes down. And how do, how do we manage that, Richard? So, Jethro, if we answer this question, we're going to solve the world. We're going to answer the <laughs> problem right. of the world. For me, I think you have to know what's important. And culture is... I define culture as the way we do things, okay? The way we do things. So it's almost like you have to have an instructional culture. You have your culture, then you have other subcultures. So what does our instructional culture look like? What our culture looks like as it relates to engaging family? So I think there's a culture, but then there, I believe that there's like a subculture and other things underneath it. So for me... I realized my first year here was all instruction. I knew that the people loved each other and I knew that, that, that their relationships would be able to last and keep them close. And so I didn't mess with that. 
I knew that the kids loved, so loved the school. I knew that the parents loved the activities and the things that the school had done in the past, but the instructional component was missing. So for me, I engulfed our staff in the why. This is why we're doing this. This is what the data says for the last four years. This is what our school report card says from the state. Um, This is what the list of low performance schools from the state. This is where we are. We're not on it, but we could be. And so sharing those type things and then attaching what we're doing to that why. And for me, it's worked every time and people, they start to find and they start to see, okay, so initially you'll have some individuals as early adopters and they'll probably always be, be with you. And then over the course of time, you have individuals that sort of start to get the hang of things, especially when um, they see movement. I remember we were, I was watching something or maybe when he came to our district, Dr. Danielle Dickey, he said, people sometimes have a lot to say when you're trying to institute change. They have a lot to say either negative most times or they have a lot to say of, you know, disbelief per se. But he also said, once you start getting results, nobody have anything to say then. <laughs> that, that is a key right there. Once you have results, nobody says anything because that's, that's what matters. That's what matters. And so for me, I knew that I had to pull up my big board britches, take some hits, you know, endure those comments of, oh, he's coming in trying to change everything, but also explain to them, hey, this is why we're doing this and showing them that, hey, we're in this together. So if that means I'm coming in and I'm helping you co-teach, or if that means I'm in a POC group and I say, hey, guys, this works. Let's try this. And talking about my experiences as a classroom, as a classroom teacher, I say this all the time. As administrators, we can't forget what it means to be, what it meant to be in the classroom. We can't forget that. And so you have to draw on that. So I appreciate every level, uh, classroom teacher, instructional coach, AP. I appreciate every level because you learn something on the way, along the way, but you never can forget what it means to be a classroom teacher. And so when you're sharing those things and you're showing yourself as being an instructional person and knowing things. So for me, I had been middle school teacher, middle school instructional coach, middle school AP, then high school AP, then high school principal. But check this. This is my first time coming to an elementary school. I knew nothing. And it was different. And I could have been intimidated by it, but I knew I had some tools in my toolbox. And so I knew what had worked as a teacher when I was in a low-performing district at a low-performing school, and we were able to come out of district transformation. I knew all of these things from every step, and so I just implemented school-wide here. And so, yes, it's difficult to grow your culture and your instruction, but it is possible if we tell the people and show them why and they see that you're a part of it. It's not just, oh, you're doing this and I'm just going to watch and manage you do it. Because I did intervention groups. <laughs> I helped co-teach in fifth grade. 
Um, so it became a priority. Um, but you have to have a vision for those things. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I feel like this year I've been able to spend a whole lot more time of truly cultivating and building a more family atmosphere so that we can work more collaboratively together. We want to be strong. We want to be a family unit. And so for me, it has gone in waves, but I think I took the, the hardest part first, which made it a little bit, I won't say easier, but it is helped now. So you come in new, you might as well just start off. <laughs> that is such an important point, Richard, because if whatever you do is going to be different than what was there before, you might as well make the important things different and focus on those and deal with other things as well. And I think you contributed to the culture by talking about the why, and right. this is why this matters. That example you gave of having people bring in a picture and, and talk mm-hmm. about what that meant, that student meant to them is really powerful because that really connects people to what they're doing. It's tragic in schools when we think of the the people we serve as numbers, you know, and and when you say you were totally focused on achievement, it's easy to think, well, that's all he cares about. But no, you showed that you cared about the individual people, both the teachers and the students who were receiving that. And that mm-hmm. is really important. And what I love that you said is that you had a clear purpose and a clear in- instructional framework that you were going to use. And to be honest, it doesn't matter what your instructional framework you're using. It just matters that you have one and you're clear about it. And right. that is like 95% of the way there. If you could be clear about that, then you can do all kinds of amazing things. And you don't have to be Superman to do it. You can just understand what your purpose is and really focus on that. And, and I think that that's a great place to start. This is great insight, really good information. The last question I ask is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Wow. That's a good question. And I guess that's why you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) I would say to be a transformative principal this week would be to be someone who gives himself totally to this work. And I know we feel like, oh, we have to work nonstop. But what I mean by that is give yourself to studying, give yourself over to finding out what other people, what other schools are doing, and don't feel like you have to do this by yourself. So Jethro, I know that's probably three things, but I think to be a transformative principle this week or any time, you have to study, you have to read, you have to see what what is out there that's effective, what does research say about certain things? We have to be students of this work. And I think that is the difference that sets effective principles apart from others that are just existing per se. Um, We have to know what's out there. We have to connect with other people. For me, I know people from a variety of different places, but also it's free. You sign up, you set up uh, an account, Twitter, follow some other administrators, retweet their stuff, reach out to them. I think those are easy things to do to keep you fresh. You don't have to read, you know, every single night something, but read an article or do, do something, but share those things with other people and have conversations. I think that helps you stay fresh. I think that helps you become a student of your craft. 
And I think that is the, so we ask teachers to do those things. We ask teachers to go to, to do book studies. We ask teachers to do all these things, but then we have to do that ourselves. So I think that's been the difference for me. I, we just recently had a school improvement meeting and we were talking just this afternoon and they were talking about data and some different things that we've done, just kind of assessing where we're at in our plans. And I said, guys, this is fun, isn't it? And it was like, Mr. Kerman, this is your t- definition of fun. I was like, yeah, I can talk about this stuff all day. But it showed, it says like, like I enjoyed this and we have to enjoy this work. And so if you're not staying abreast of, you know, articles and reading different books and those type things or on Twitter and learning different ideas from different people, do that. And I think that's what makes us, that's what will set you apart from um, others who are just existing in the role or just kind of stagnant in, in, in the role. So that would be my advice. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice, Richard. Um, and if people want to follow you on Twitter, it's at wisdom teaching. Is that right? Yes. Yes. At wisdom teaching for you at Jethro Jones for me. And I just appreciate you being part of the transformative principle today. Great information. We barely scratched the surface of what you have to offer. I get that, but we're, we'll definitely have to have you back on the program in the future. All right. Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it. Hey, middle school principals. What if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play? In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy. And it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.